0: Hi there, church family, good to be with you today uh, through this podcast where we try to every week recap the sermon from this week. And so this week we are in Psalm 47 uh, together, a little different than the Psalms that we've been in. Uh, the Psalms leading up to 47 definitely have an element of being crushed, being sad, being in a, in a tough place, uh, and the psalmist kind of walking us through that. Some of the Psalms, though, getting to a good place in the end, continuing to trust in the Lord. The covenantal love of the lord uh, but one of the psalms if you remember did not it just ended bad just kind of like life is not good and that's okay because that is life that is what we go through but now as we get to psalm 47 <clears throat> excuse me there definitely is a different feel with psalm 47 because psalm 47 is all about the fact that god is king over all the earth and so within this psalm we definitely see some present day realities But the psalmist also is pointing to uh, what I said was some end-time realities that we look forward to or eschatological. I didn't use that word because I didn't want to sound smart this week. I just tried to base it down to end times. End times. End times, that's what it means, Yeah. right? Uh, But that's what happens kind of towards the end because it talks about God reigning over all the nations, him sitting on his throne. All the people gathering together uh, there at the end. Uh, and so this is something that we haven't we haven't seen yet. It hasn't come to fruition yet. Um, but that this psalm does talk about. So this is really a psalm of of us of, of praise, of us being called out by the psalmist saying, Come and come and praise God. You could you can almost picture Uh, Israel uh, during some festival or maybe even uh, similar to one of the psalms that we did before where the king is leading a procession to the temple uh, of them singing a song something like this of Psalm 47 and being called as we see saying clap your hands and and praise God for who he is right the Lord the most high and as you get down to verses 6 and 7 being told to sing five times you know, it's like sing, 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 you know, just mm-hmm. come on, this is what we do or praising God and he alone is worthy of this praise. So let's, so let's do it right. Let's, let's praise him, uh, here. And so really a, a joyful Psalm. Uh, but at the same time, it can be a challenging Psalm for us. Uh, because the fact of the matter is we don't always feel this way. All right, I mean, we just, we don't, we, we don't wake up wanting to praise, maybe we wake up tired, we wake up, you know, I know many of people, two of whom probably are sitting right here with me who are not willing to do anything until they have their coffee in the morning, let alone praise God. They'll praise God as they sip that first sip. God, I thank you for this coffee. (laughs) 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 Hebrews. But anyways, we all struggle with this. And in the sermon and, and maybe today we'll talk some, the worship, the praise aspect, yes, we think about Sunday morning when we corporately come together, which we should, which is kind of what's happening here. He's calling the people to come together to praise. But also as Christians, I mean, we should be living a lifestyle of praise. And, and so, again, your mind might think, yeah, there's definitely Sunday mornings. I just don't feel it when I'm there. Yeah. But let's just think about our daily life, how often that is, you know, out of the seven days out of the week, how many of those days are we just like kind of sluggish we're not feeling the best, or maybe something's mm. happened, and and it's a struggle. And when we maybe we come across this psalm, Psalm forty seven, and we're thinking, "Man, this I, I struggle with this right now." Um, I do believe it. I believe God is King, but right now I don't. I don't necessarily feel it, and I don't want to clap. I don't. I'm not in the mood to shout. You know, I'm not in the mood to be to be singing. And again, I think that's a normal occurrence for a lot of us. You know, uh, for me, I enjoy I enjoy being in the car, like with with my daughter playing music and singing and goofing around with her. But there's definitely times when I get in the car and I'm not in the mood. I like, I don't, I don't want to hear anything, nothing. I just want to sit in silent because I'm, that's the mood I'm in, you know, at that moment. Uh, but here the psalmist is encouraging us again to, to praise and the importance of praise and why God deserves our praise because of the fact that he is, that he is king. And I, I stole, I say I stole. I want to clarify, I guess, the best I can. Uh, this pastor, Adam Clark. You mean you plagiarized, plagiarized. what you're saying. Yeah. Right? Uh, from Adam Clark. <laughs> uh, so if you, if you, I don't know if all of um, Spurgeon's, what's it called? Uh, Treasury of David. I don't know if all of them are formatted the same way. But the one that I have will have um, commentary on like each verse. And then it'll have kind of commentary on some verses together. But then at the end, it it has something called like sermon notes. And it's not necessarily Spurgeon, it's uh, people that mm-hmm. Spurgeon would use. Right. And this Adam Clark is one that Spurgeon would go to. Mm-hmm. And it's a very small paragraph on verse one and it just says these this outline. That's it. It just said, Praise to God it's done cheerfully, universally. The other ones. No, no nothing after it. Yeah. And when I was reading all that and I saw that outline I thought, man, that actually, I like that outline. I said this kind of makes sense to me of what this is and kind of what I was always thinking, already thinking of how I wanted to go. And and in there it just had it for verse one. But for me it made sense going through the whole psalm with this out with this outline, uh, and walking through it and walking through it that way. Um, so did I plagiarize kinda I guess his outline, but he didn't give me anything underneath. Oh, plagiarism is what he gave he, me nothing underneath. But you
1: you did not but you uh
0: you gave credit. I did give you credit. You give credit and that's the key. Yeah. But the only credit I want credit to give him, the, the only credit. credit I want to give him is the outline part. He didn't give me any of the underneath. That was all. That was all. That was all well, that was all TI. Maybe other stuff <laughs> I read. <laughs> that was all that's big T. T. probably other stuff <laughs> I read. I like that with big T. <laughs> 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 T <Tea> dog. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I always feel guilty doing that. But sometimes you just see things and you're yeah. like that's just too good to right. pass up. I don't, I really like this. I think sure. it's good. I think it's helpful. So that's the, that's the outline that we use. So uh, we'll just kind of walk through it together. Um, and by the way, it's good to have Scott back. Yeah. So it's been like, back. what, a month probably since you've done the sermon review because of VBS. We did that yeah. on our own. Yeah. Probably. And then you decide to have a baby the next week. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. We, there's we, a convenient t- time.
1: We talked yesterday. We're going to have to rope you in a little bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You've been, a, been away from, you've been it.
0: away from us. <clears throat> and, and so just watching you yesterday, there was a little, little rambunctious. Yeah. It's been a struggle. We're going to have to calm you me know, down bring a little you Back bit. in a yeah. little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Summer's been good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways.
0: All right. So first of all, Adam Clark wrote, praise to God is done cheerfully. Uh, and we see that with the clap, the clap, your hands, uh, portion here. And so as we're praising God as we're called to praise him, we do this out of a cheerfulness of our heart and an excitement uh for who he is. And so I tried to open the I tried to open the message up with like trying to get us in a in a mood of excitement of what that might be like and I know that's different for for everybody, but you know, I mean I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example like uh my son's basketball team this year they did they did good or his track team did good too and there was just an excitement like oh look at they're advancing in the tournament and they got a game coming and all of a sudden there's like this excitement at the school you know and all oh, the parents are going to meet and they're going to drive together now they're doing team dinner. there's just this excitement of of what's happening right and what's taking place and you're doing it out of a cheerfulness like this is cool this is wow this is neat um and trying to compare that with praising God I know falls de- falls short definitely but there needs to be kind of that with us right as we as we go to to praise God and to, and to worship God we need to make sure that we're doing it cheerfully and, and in an excitement not not fake we're all very good at being fake you know we're good at congratulating people when we don't want to congratulate people uh, we're good at walking into church and sitting down and smiling and leaving and at least showing everybody else look I'm a good christian today and i came here cuz i i just love it here when that's not really what's going on uh in our heart and so a psalmist here is calling out for creation to clap their hands and praise to god and to and to worship him and so the question kind of left was do i do this do i do i worship god cheerfully but then also do i live my life cheerfully towards the things that god is done for me and continues to do for me and and is it obvious is it obvious to people i mean i don't know about the two of you but that's that's a difficult one for me i mean i don't i'm not just going to put my emotions on my sleeve in my life i just don't do that uh and so i mean if i had to answer that question i'd say a lot of people probably
2: would answer that no for me like i don't think he does i I don't know i think it's a helpful i mean psalms like this are a helpful reminder that to me because sometimes i think i can be just I mean, I guess this is just a confession on my part, skeptical of people that I see that, like maybe in worship on a Sunday morning that seem very cheerful or very happy, like Uh they might do something like clap or raise their hands or, you know, something like that. And I just, I'm very skeptical sometimes. And I think to myself, like, do they really, like, is that real? Are they just trying to manufacture that? And this almost a reminder that like actually cheerful worship, shouts of joy is the way we should worship. You know, we should be glad to worship our Lord for who he is. I mean, that's, we're going to get into more of like in the Psalm of who God is and why we should be cheerful, but it's just a reminder that like, you know, we, yeah, we do have our different personality differences, but for worship to be genuine doesn't mean it has to be somber and serious, right? All worship is serious, of course, but glad shouts of joy and cheerfulness in worship doesn't mean that person's being fake or ungenuine. I think maybe my own just personal experiences of knowing that people have to, of knowing of people who have to muster that up in themselves for it to, in their mind, be genuine worship makes it seem like when I actually see it, it's fake. But this psalm is a reminder, that's not true. Cheerful worship is the way we should worship, right? Yeah. And this is where we have to
0: be careful judging people and their worship too, right? Yeah. Is because they might be manufacturing it. They might be faking it but they also might not, uh, you might look at somebody and say, gosh, they are not cheerful at all in worship when actually they are in their heart. They're very cheerful, uh, of what's going on, but they just don't show it how you, how you show it, you know? Uh, and that's okay. Uh, we don't have to, you know, my fear with like a sermon like this is honestly like next Sunday people are now clapping because they want to honor. It's like, no, that's not what this is getting at. Uh, I want in your heart to be to be cheerful for the right reasons too. Don't don't fake it. We all walk in here with problems and God knows this, but we're still cheerful for who he is. It doesn't negate our problems and what's going on, but we're focusing on our king and we have the privilege of gathering together to worship our king, right? And to, and to praise to praise our king and not just that, but I kept thinking of it more just as a lifestyle. You know, of and I, I'm, I'm really trying to work on that in my own life of being cheerful for the good things that God has given me and just how good he is and not not seeing things in a negative sense, which I think people tend to do. Like a lot of us have a busy schedule and we would look at our busy schedule. Sometimes it's like, oh, business, I got to do this. But when you start looking at what we're doing, right, it's like, oh, I'm going to my kid's sporting event. It's actually a, a fun thing to see my kid, you know, enjoy this or whatever. Oh, we're going to so-and-so's house. You now I get to go to work at a job that I don't hate. I I enjoy, I enjoy it, you know, or, or things at church, whatever they are, where it's like, Oh man, I got to do this. Like I gotta get ready for this. Like, but these are good things that God has allowed me to be a part of. And I should be cheerful right about them and see them differently uh, because of how good he is. And I, I think we need to do that more often because when we don't do that, what I've found is then when something does happen, I'm just focused on the one bad thing and then you start to think god you're just kind of being mean to me where are you you know why is this bad thing happening and we've forgotten all the good stuff that God constantly is doing for us each and every day and so just trying to live a life more so of praise of cheerfulness of the fact that God has chosen me to be a part of his family and save me and he really is good good to me and I, I just want to remember that. And so uh, praising God is to be done cheerfully uh, is the first point there. The second one was praise to God is done universally. Now, this was an interesting thing uh, of this psalm and what to me shows that it is prophetic of end times because in in, a, in my Sunday school class this week, we actually, the discipline that we focused on was worship. And one of the things that was brought up was can a non-Christian, someone who hasn't been saved by God's grace, can they worship God? And the answer to that was no. They have to be in the Spirit. They have to be filled with the Spirit in order to truly worship God. Uh, So then why would the psalmist here be calling out for all peoples to praise God? What do you guys got with that? Anything? Uh,
1: I mean, mean, this is a command for all the earth to trust in God. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first commandment of the Ten Commandments is, you will have no other gods before me. That commandment applies to every person on the earth. It, it is it is a command by God that you will take me to be your God and no one else will be your God. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's part of God's moral commandment. And then on top of that, with the gospel, uh, with Christ offering himself freely to all people, um, you, you everyone is commanded to believe in Jesus Christ and take him as their God and Savior. Um so that you have, you have no options there.
0: Yeah. There's yeah. like an evangelistic call, isn't it? In this kind of, yeah. I mean, like, you know, at least for us as new Testament yeah. believers, when we look back on this, there's this where we have the privilege to say, all of you mm-hmm. come, mm-hmm. come here and worship this right. God. Now, the only way you can do it is through Christ. Yeah. Right. And what, what he offers. Yeah.
2: I mean, I was going to say that the, the call to the world to worship the Lord is a call for them to trust in him, to follow him, to mm-hmm. believe in him, for him to be their God. Um, and so it's 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 right to call people to worship. Now, the question of who can truly worship, that's a different question, mm-hmm. right? So we should call all the earth. Mm-hmm. We should call everybody in our town to worship the Lord on Sunday. Now, the question of can they and do they, that's a different mm-hmm. answer, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and worship isn't
0: something we have to teach. It's something we naturally do as humans. Uh, it's just where is our worship directed? And... Uh, I think that's one of the struggles in church life today when it comes to worship is how we worship, how we worship God. I think we have accepted some pagan forms of worship uh, that have creeped their way into where now this is what worship is. Uh, And so it gets confusing, I think, at times for, for people. But that's one of the cool things is like when we tell someone who Jesus is and what he's done, you usually don't have to also describe to them greatly what it means to worship. It's just well now your focus where you used to worship yourself, everything used to be about you. Now it's all directed to Christ and what He has done, and that's what worship is, right? It's not just I know in this Psalm it's talking about a, a singing and a and a joyfulness of of worship like that of praise, but we see in the New Testament, like I had mentioned Romans. 12, 1 and 2, when it describes worship, it has nothing to do with singing in that point point, right. saying you're transformed. Well, one
1: of the things that comes to my mind too is, I was just thinking here about this passage of scripture, um, <clears throat> the idea of cheerfulness. Uh, you remember whenever, um, and you brought about how we worship, because with uh, whenever David first brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem with Uzzah, the people it explicitly says are celebrating before the Lord with all kinds of instruments made of fir wood and they're celebrating and then they get it and then what happens? because they weren't carrying the ark with the poles they had put the ark on a on a wagon and whenever it falls and tips and use it touches it, the Lord's anger goes forth so they were celebrating joyfully but not appropriately yeah then later on they the lord <laughs> David realizes the Lord is you know um it's ready again to bring the ark on in. They do it the right way with the poles, the way God commanded, and they still do it with joy. But there's a there's a there's a reverence, and it makes me think of Psalm 47 when it says, "Shout to God with the voice of joy." Why? For the Lord Most High is to be feared. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in 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 uh, two Samuel six, you see the example of what it is to celebrate God with joy without fear, though. On the other hand, you see, with still with joy, but with the appropriate understanding of treating God and honoring Him as God, mm-hmm. and not casually. And this is where that combines the this the joy with the seriousness, um, and not a seriousness with no joy or a joy with no serious. It's it's both because He is a God to be feared.
2: Therefore, let's clap with joy. Yeah, I mean, Tim, uh, yesterday you used an ex- uh, an example of. Um of being it like a if there was like a lions if they won the Super Bowl right like that celebration would be filled with joy mm-hmm. and that's not what we're saying a church service should look like right right yeah. that's not what we're no. saying uh-huh. you can have joy without having like a crazy and uh, mm-hmm. party and mm-hmm. um, no control. Right. I mean, there's very clear, explicit commands in scripture that like everything needs to be decent and done in order. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The
0: analogy of the Super Bowl win is like that would be a natural elation. Yeah. Like you're not manufacturing. It's like, oh, this is cool. We won. Yeah. You know, and as as believers, it's the same thing when we worship God at home privately with our family or in worship service together. We can chant the same thing. This is pretty cool. We have won, mm-hmm. right, because mm-hmm. of what he has right, done. Right. And so there's a natural excitement mm-hmm. and cheerfulness and right. joy in it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, next, Adam Clark said, praise to God is done vocally, where it's talking, to so, clap your hands, all you peoples, shout, right, shout to God, shout to the Lord. Um, and so we do see a, a singing um, that is to be to be done there. Uh, we see the vocal the words which we'll get to more of this but that means i need to know what i'm saying i need to know i need to know what i'm what i'm doing right as i as i do this but there is a verbal praise to god for what he has what he has done and uh i don't know what's that saying back in the day i don't hear it too much now but like you're the only bible people will ever read and it's talking about your actions and while your actions are important there's a lot of people out there who are not Christians who have great actions you know I mean they they're great at that if you look at them everything looks fine really uh but what makes us different is our vocal talk of saying who Christ is and what he has done and being willing to to talk about that and even being quick to talk about that and I think that's where we as Christians probably all of us could do better uh, in our evangelism or in our sharing is not walking people through the Roman road or, you know, doing the ABCs with somebody or, you know, being intentional of going to somebody somewhere and saying, Do you know Jesus? And then just going talking about it. Probably just in our normal talk and in our everyday life, there's opportunities for Christ to come up just naturally, you know, of of you thanking him or giving him credit for for whatever it might be. You know, it's like, well, I don't know, just meeting somebody or whatever it might be, you know, what do you do? Or as you're talking, you're like, well, yeah, you know, the, the Lord just really changed my life and set our family in a different direction. You know, we used to, used to do this. I, I used to work over here and do this, but then just because of what God had done, it kind of changed. And now, and you don't know where that'll lead, but it is telling them that there's a difference in your life with God. Right. And now that person hears that and they're like, Oh, okay, this is different. This is a different type of conversation than I've had before. And I think that some of this is like be of being vocal, and that's a way of praising God, giving Him honor for what He has for what He has done, you know, and and not doing it in, in like the humble brag kind of way. I've heard that I've heard that too at times, um, but really being honest about it. It's like, man, we got a house and we got to sign, and God has been so good to us. Like this house is ours now, and it's because of Him. He gives good gifts to us. We've been praying about this for a long time, and He's finally opened that door, and I'm thankful you know, that we, that we have a home and just something that simple that I know for me can be difficult. I don't, I don't know why, but I want to do better in my life with this vocally, just in normal conversation, uh, with people. The next point there, uh, praise to God is done frequently. And this comes to verses six and seven where sing is talked about five, five times in there. In uh, as I was studying this, it was just saying how obvious this would have been in its original language, just like that same word over and over and over again. Like you can't finish this Psalm and the psalmist be like, all right, so what did you learn from this? And they don't mention singing. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You fail the test, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Because it's obvious here. And so there's this praise to God that should be done frequently. And so this Psalm would have been sung throughout Israel. They would have sang it at different times. And even today, we see music being an important part of our praise to God, especially corporately as we worship together. Um, And as we do this, we know that singing helps us, but it's also something that God calls for. But singing does help us to understand God more, right? If we are singing a good, faithful, biblical song that has good theology in it and that melody sticks in your head, it, it does teach you. It helps you to remember uh, these things. Um, and so there's the benefit of singing in that. Uh, it, Like I had mentioned in the sermon, there are songs that help me say how I feel when I can't say how I feel because I'm too ignorant to say how I feel. <laughs> I'm just not, you know, and, and so I'm, I see people who write poetry. I see people who write songs. And to be honest, I'm kind of amazed by those people because I don't, I don't really have that skill set. You know, it's just not something in me. And so I'm the type of person, if you come to me, hey, how's your day? Good. You know, what was your favorite thing about vacation? It was good. I mean, mean, I'm just not good at that. You know, I'm not, I'm not very skilled, I guess, in that realm, but there are people who are, and I enjoy when I hear a song or something, even for the first time, a new song or an old one or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's it. You know? That is how I would like to word that to God, or that is true about God, and man, that sounded so beautiful. And now I get to sing that uh, in my heart, or I get to sing it with my, with my church family. So those songs can help us uh, say what we feel. Um, well, and I think, too, one of the things that's very important is the idea of
1: praising God is simply the idea of confession, And by that, we're just repeating and reciting to ourselves the works of God. Mm -hmm. We're reciting facts and truth. And I think one of the dangers is, is if we read the Psalms and we think the Psalms are just simply telling us, feel this way. They're not telling us that. Mm -mm. We are being called to praise God and to clap our hands, but we're being, but notice how much of this Psalm is telling us what God has done. It's like if you're talking about the Super Bowl with the Detroit Lions, if all I was going around and just talking about was just my internal subjective feelings if the Lions did win the Super Bowl, most of you wouldn't want to hear that. We want to talk about the game. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about the pass that some Lions quarterback threw to win the game. We want to talk about all the bad years that they went yeah. through. And then we want to talk about what the season looked like to get to the game and all the ways they overcame all the obstacles. We're not going to sit around and talk about all of our subjective
0: responses to the game. We're going to well, talk Well, I mean ab- in football games, if I go to the bathroom and they score a touchdown, I stay in the bathroom and I have a part then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No,
1: so- okay. <laughs> uh, I'll let that's you talk about that a little bit, you know, but you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. saying we're talking about what happened yeah, yeah. and that's what the Psalmist here is doing. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his throne. And if we talked more about those things, then naturally as a result, the natural result would be more clapping of joy. But if we're only telling people in, in Psalms and in church, just feel this way, right? Yeah, that's not going to do anything. Actually, yeah. for my personality, that pushes me even farther away because I'm like, I can't force I can't myself to yeah, feel yeah. that way. Yeah, because this, but this tells me that's why. Um, was it like Psalm 103? I was, I was opening my my hymnal here because it, that song, the hymn, "Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven." To his feet, thy tribute bring, ransoms healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. I think some versions actually say this instead of this one says, Hallelujah. I think they say, Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise the everlasting king. And it reminds me of this saying, Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises right, right, to right. our king. Mm-hmm. And um, again, what is that psalmist doing? What's that hymn doing? Reminding us of what God's done. The news, the gospel isn't good advice. It's not information for you to now take power in, in order to manipulate God. It is a a piece of news to people who are in a bad situation, who need to hear news that's now pertinent to them, that God has done something amazing for us that we could not do. And maybe part of the reason, again, why sometimes we are not excited about the gospel is because we don't know the gospel is news and not advice, it's yeah. telling us what God's
2: done, and that's, and that's exciting. That's why the psalmist is clapping his mm-hmm. hands. Yeah. And go ahead. I was going to say, I think what you're pointing out in part is a, a, a mistake that people make in the order yeah. of how worship happens and like where the emotion might come in right. when it comes to worship, because I think some people think that the worship is supposed to create the emotion, Yeah, and then you go out excited about now, you mentioned this yesterday, Tim, drumming yourself up. But what you're saying, I think, is that it's actually the truth that you hear. It's the truth that God is the king of all the earth. Yeah, He is victorious. He is our king. That news, those facts, right? those and the fact that like people, you said a second ago, I don't know exactly your words, but that people are in a very bad situation. And so yeah. the gospel is news, but it's very good news. Yeah. And you do see an emotional response in people of joy. Right. But that the source of that is from the news itself. Yes. So the question of, is the emotional response bad or wrong? No, but it's not the point.
1: Right. And it's it, it reminds me of, like, you see those pictures after World War II, whenever, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those, where people are just hugging and kissing each other in the streets. but And it wasn't like someone had to go and tell them, okay, everybody, be happy now. Mm-hmm. It was, no, we've just won the war. Yeah. We just won the war, and that was spontaneous joy, and gra- the war's over. People don't have to die. Mm-hmm. you know. Um, we've won. The world's different now than it was an hour ago, and that's what the gospel is. Yeah. The world's different now. That's why it
2: should result in joyful worship. Yeah, yeah. It's and a so good it, message. Yeah, so worship should be joyful. Yes, yes, sense. yes, yeah. yes.
0: And that's why we went to Revelation Because that's what we see in Revelation, you know, when they're bowing down before the king on the throne, these four living creatures, and then the 24 elders. Uh, And I mentioned this in the service. It's a boring worship service by our eyes because it's a song of like one sentence. And it's just saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. And they just keep repeating this over and over again. And then the elders kind of say the same thing. It's like, you are creator. In this, mm-hmm. But what are they doing? They're, they're doing exactly what you guys are talking about. They are sharing the truth about who God is because they're in his presence mm-hmm. at that moment. And that is also
1: joyful worship yes. on the part of the cherubim,
0: yeah, the seraphim.
1: It, I, think, I think in our society, I think this is a very modern American idea, but when we read those passages, we don't think about Revelation 4 or 5 being happy passages. We look at that and we just think somber and serious and sad, but those angels— that cover their faces to worship the Lord are actually fully joyful to serve the infinite creator mm-hmm. and the elders who fall down. And then the people there who are saying salvation belongs to the Lord and to the lamb who sits on his throne. They're very joyful because he's ransomed us. Yeah. He's bought us with his blood mm-hmm. and we're here with him now. Mm-hmm. That's a great message.
0: Yep. And so this leads to the last point here, which we've already been talking about, but is in verse seven, It says, for God is the king of all... Well, I guess that's the last point. There's more. Sorry. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. This is the ESV version. Uh, Most other versions... I don't know if yours does there, Spencer. Does it say with understanding? Or does it say with a psalm? Is that
1: verse 7? Yeah. Um, This is the old New American Standard version. I don't know what the modern version says. It says, sing praises with a skillful psalm. And then the... Footnote it says it's the Hebrew word for mascal, yeah, so yeah, I don't know.
0: all the old commentaries and everything I mean that I read all was understanding. that's what that they interpreted it as seemed to be a more modern uh interpretation was psalm, mm. but I think it was a more literal of the mascal because you mm. see that in other psalms at the top where it would say a mascal of David or whatever, right um but I took that understanding uh word there. And that's what Adam Clark did about praise to God is done done knowingly. And we've Mm -hmm. kind of already been talking about this. And this is where I'm talking about like I think some of pagan worship has creeped into modern day Christian worship where you drum up the feelings and you Mm -hmm. do it through sometimes like melody or rhythmic motion. You know, again, we would, we would look at some pagan worship, you know, where maybe they have drums and they're just swaying back and forth around a fire or something like that. I don't know what comes in your mind. And we think, oh, my gosh, it's so ridiculous. But there's many churches and many Christians who do that today in their own way. There might not be a fire, but all it takes is the one song of the melody and you're swaying back and forth and it's like, this is getting me into the... It's almost
1: like a trance of yeah. sorts yeah. sometimes or a, or a state of... I'm going to use a state of nirvana Right idea where I'm, I'm being, uh, psychologically or somehow internally transported
0: almost to this spiritual zone or right. place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, we just have to be careful about that. Cause like we said is all over scripture, praise to God is always done knowingly first. It's yeah. Who he is, what he has done that then draws us to worship. So it is a worship of our mind and of our heart. And they both have to be there. Yeah. And and the danger is, number one, if you if you only worship God with your with your heart and not your mind, you tend to then get astray and you're not worried about the truth of God's word. Right? It's just more about how I'm feeling at the moment. But on the flip side of that, if we're only worshiping God with our head and never our heart, we become legalistic. We become very boring in our worship, and we, there's not much joy in it either. Mm. And so there does have to be a balance. And again, I think that will look different for different people, and that is and that is okay. But we there are some guardrails, I think, that you have to put up uh, in your own praise and in your own worship. And so if I'm reading a devotional book, and that's part of my praising God in the morning and devotion and stuff, but all of a sudden that teaching is starting to get a little astray, but I like the feeling of the book. I shouldn't read that book anymore, right? I need to put it aside, mm. um, and and so you, I think these are things that people want to hold on to, though. And songs are one of them. You know, it's like oh, I just love this song. Like, okay, what is it saying? What is it? What's is this good? What it's saying? Well, it's not wrong. <laughs> are there better songs to sing though? Mm. When you're praising God, does this match up to what they're saying in Revelation four? Like, is this is there a match here? And, we had this conversation a little bit in Sunday school and I'm horrible with like just pulling songs out of my pocket or whatever. And I I started quoting a song. I don't remember which one it was. I can't think of it right now. And I don't know what the rest of the song was, but it was just very me centric. You know, uh, it was, uh, Oh, how he loves us. And they repeats that over and over again. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves. Is that a true statement? Yes. Are there better songs in my opinion? Yeah. Because it's just about me. Because I could leave singing that song thinking, of course he loves me. Look at me. I'm awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. but, and again, the rest of the song mm-hmm. might fix it. I don't know. So I'm not saying we should never sing that song. I'd have to look at the words and think of it. I just thought of that one part. And I, I thought about like the melody and how you could get lost in the sway of that. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves over and over. Now I can see how that can just drum up in people. And it's like, is that, I understand how you're feeling, but is that a good genuine feeling? Like, is that the best thing to be doing in your
2: worship and in your praise to God right now? Yeah. You know, uh, there's a, what you're talking about, um, I forgot the name of it, but there was a recent documentary series that came out about Hillsong um, that was talking about a lot of corruption that's been part of that church um, and things that have happened there in the past. I mean, if people, people, listening to this probably know of the name of that band, but maybe not the church and the history of it and stuff like that. But what they, some of what they talk about in that documentary, I can't even remember what service it was streamed on. It might've been discovery plus or, or something
0: like that yeah, or
2: something like that. But they actually talk about the fact that like when they're making music, they know what will, what it takes to alter the emotions of people and that, and what you have to do. It's a very easy thing. A person that knows music well and especially that's performed well in Mm -hmm. front of crowds and things like that, they know what to do to elicit a certain emotional response. And the wise question for any person listening to music to ask is, do I know what these words mean? Like, okay, it's good. Like, feeling a certain way as a response to music is okay. Yeah. But do you know what the words mean? Do you know what they mean by the person who wrote them? because actually like one of the things we several see or I don't know if seasons ago but this was on past the round table when we were talking about like deconstruction and things like that mm-hmm. a lot of people who go through deconstruction are like musical artists and things like that and one of the things they talk about is that their the music that they wrote when they were going through this period of deconstruction was intentionally vague they would say intentionally vague facts and things and a person who's a Christian listening to that music, they can put a certain meaning on those words, but they actually come back after the fact, those musical artists, and they say, but what I actually meant was this. I meant this, which was a very unchristian thing uh, to say and to think about. And so that's just the, I wouldn't tell somebody it's wrong to feel a certain way listening to music, right? Music's kind of meant to do that, but you need to make sure, do you, do you know what the music means, the words mean? Yeah, and I just think you want to be careful. I've gotten to the age now where I've tried to
0: introduce some music I listened to in high school to my kids. Mm-hmm. And then I'm at a different time of life, and my kids are in the car. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you guys got to hear this song. Oh, I used to love this song. you know. And then you start listening to the words. And it's like, oh, gosh, okay, stop. <laughs> Let's turn that off. <laughs> you know, you're like, I didn't know that's what that song was even talking about. I know every word to the song. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could sing the whole thing, but I didn't catch on, I guess, to what I heard the beat or whatever. You know, I just heard this and I really liked it. Right. And I think we can do that sometimes in our church life and our praise to God too. It's like a song that we grew up with or whatever, or whatever it might be. And it is good and it brings back good memories and good feelings. And it might even bring up in your mind, God, right. But when you listen to it, you just start to listen to the words. And you're like, I just, I think this could be better written. I think it could be written better. Mm-hmm. I think that's too vague, like yeah. you said. And a or, good
2: question to ask is not just, "Is it saying something bad or wrong?" It's, "Is it saying anything at all?" I yeah. think some Christian music just doesn't say anything at all. It, it just says a bunch of sayings yeah. like uh, that are very vague, and there's no actual truth to what they're saying. And that kind of goes back mm-hmm. to like any joy that we have shouldn't just be from the musical beat mm-hmm. that you feel. Mm-hmm. For the vast majority of musical history, there's not been music as we know it today. Mm -hmm. And people have been able to experience joy Mm -hmm. over it. Mm -hmm. Um, Is the joy that you're having coming from the beat, or is it coming from true things that you're hearing sung about, or that you, as this song would call us to, participating in?
0: Yeah, and I would say this, since we're running this rabbit trail right now, um, and you guys can tell me what you think about it, but there are songs that I would not encourage new believers to sing that I would be fine listening to in the car. And I'm not even talking about like in church service, that's a whole different topic to me. But like you said, some of those vague songs, I think I would be able to come at it from a different understanding and it's not going to lead me astray because I feel I do have a foundation on who he is and why I'm worshiping and all this stuff. And so I can take that vague song and say, well, this, this is what it means. And this is how I'm worshiping. Right. But you can see where it can lead uh, an immature Christian away because the vagueness of it allows them to think
2: something that isn't true. Yeah. Right, which in a church setting is dangerous Mm -hmm. because if you go to a Colossians and Ephesians, the songs that we sing together are meant to instruct Instruct us. us. You can't instruct people with vague sayings. Yeah, and that's
0: why I just I want to give that warning. Is like I'm trying to think in my head like what I say. I would much rather people listen to like around here Smile FM as opposed to the local country station. Probably I would probably still stay that like even for entertainment purposes. Is there better music? Then smile FM. Yes, absolutely. Christian music oftentimes is not the best, not the greatest. But there's probably not going to be curse words in it. <laughs> I mean, there's probably not going to be talking about things that are immoral, you know, which you are gonna hear from from secular songs. But I think when you're listening to that station, you still need to be critical. You still need to have a critical ear, you know, and really think through it or use it to teach. You know, I, I've tried to do that at times. Uh, my daughter will listen to music, and she'll say, "Dad, listen to this song," and we listen to it. And I'm like, "What are they saying?" Like, I know it's a Christian song. T- right. There was one recently. <clears throat> I'm going to get myself in trouble. Do many people listen to this? I don't know.
2: <laughs> everybody. Every. To of this. course, everybody listens.
0: All of to Monroe this. County. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Cause I don't. I don't really know <laughs> yeah. the words. I don't really know the words okay. to the song. I'm not trying to get. Some no, I trouble. think I, <laughs> I do think one of the things that
1: happens here, and I think well. I don't know. I've got a lot of thoughts in my mind going right now. But one of the things too is, is just. I'm of course I'm. I like history, so I often approach things from a question of, well, how is today different from the past? And I do think um, if uh, if people could uh, read a little bit of just seeing the way the history of music and um, especially the history of music in the church, they could see that um, much of the way we approach worship music and the emphasis we the 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 certain level of emphasis we place upon music is actually very new in the history of the church um, in the past hundred years or so also i think um, just being uh, like some of the ancient church guys they were very concerned about and i think this may be even like saint augustine they understood the power of music and its ability um, it was it had a, it had a, an ability to change us. And I think sometimes we think about it because we live in a consumeristic culture. So for us, music isn't an art even. It's a product to be consumed by me. And so that's why I listen to the I listen to the radio or Spotify or whatever, because I'm a consumer. I'm a customer here. Um, and so that's why the, the marketplace continually produces new things for us to consume. So we think about worship music as a consumer. I'm consuming this worship product music from Hillsong or whatever. And so sometimes we actually then think I'm still in control of this because I'm, I'm the consumer. I get to decide what I want. And this is just, it's just music. And I think in the past people understood the power of music to shape our lives and our worship and our culture um, in ways that um, maybe maybe we don't understand and we haven't reflected upon uh, today, because I mean the reality is only within the past hundred years or so has music been a mass marketable product the way it is today. People didn't consume music that way in the 1800s; it was a communal thing. It was a uh, or it was go- you you know it was it was it was much different than being able to simply download the latest hit for me to enjoy before the next one comes out five minutes later. It's not a, and so I, I just think reflecting upon music in general um, and asking ourselves, uh, how powerful is this? Um, what would, would probably would probably be worth some reflection. Um, I don't know. That's just my two cents, but
0: yeah, well we chased that rabbit enough. I'm going to say at this point, I have a rabbit at home. you going to eat it. No. Why do you have it? What do we have it just for joy? Just one rabbit just for joy. Do you have a dog? I don't want it, but you have it. Are you, you gonna eat it? It's too small. There's, there's, there's not not much some people eat. in the world that would. Yeah. It'd be like eating a squirrel if we ate our dog. It's tiny. <laughs> I need a couple of them to make a meal. Fatten it up a little bit. Yeah. Fatten it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them in a cage and feed them. Anyways, so the gist of Psalm 47 is we praise God for who He is, and we are called to praise Him. And we need we need to do that. We need to worship Him together. We have the privilege of doing that together on Sundays. We do that. But then we also have the privilege of doing that each and every day as individual Christians. We have the privilege of doing that with our families uh, throughout the week. And so we need to be faithful to that. And again, I think the point of all this is what should drive our worship is who God is and what he has done. And knowing that he has done that for us is an astonishing thing that should help us to to worship him and to praise him and to live a life that is full of worship and praise. So hopefully uh, you'll keep going in the Psalms. will be Psalm 48 uh, this coming week. Surfing in the Psalms. Yep. Well, yeah, that's what you would title it, but not me. Surfing to the Psalms Psalms
1: in 2022.
0: (laughs) Oh, a little jingle. No, 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 no. (laughs) A little Beach Boys song. It's a little too joyful. Sorry. Come on, Spencer. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) No. Well, Thank you for listening uh, this week. We hope to see you Sunday, and I hope that you have a, a blessed week. God bless.